Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Hi, guys. We have an interesting topic. We having a baby in our 40s. Yeah. So when we were talking about this and what potential podcast topic we were going to talk about, Isaac brought up this idea and I went, oh, man, here we go. I feel <laughs> like Sarah. Can we put that as a bullet point? <laughs> hey, but, you know, we have this amazing baby, Xander. He's 10 months now, right? Yeah gone by really fast really fast so approaching one years one year <laughs> and uh i'm 46 and you are 42 so anyways we're not young but we're not old either that's right <laughs> it's true obviously yeah it feels like it sometimes though and it is uh definitely different in some really awesome ways and some challenging ways having a child a young child when we're this age. That's right. So we thought that we would just share with you guys some of what we have experienced and what we've been learning during this season. Um, Our heart and hope is that it would be an encouragement to you guys. Um, Isaac was asking me what I'd learned and I was like, "Um, basically the same things I've been learning the last 22 (laughs) years. I'm just more tired now. (laughs) But they're fresh on her mind, on our mind. Yes. Because we have a baby. So we can we can speak to having babies, having toddlers, toddlers, having middle schoolers, having teenagers, having adults that have launched. That's right. Quite interesting. We have kids in every season. At of the life, same time. All at the same time. And we're about to be grandparents. <laughs> which so is, there's that too. <laughs> which is awesome. We uh yeah. we feel so blessed. It is really cool. It is definitely amazing. I absolutely love my life. And I we wouldn't change it. Wouldn't change it any other way. Uh, it's amazing, and it's hard. It's not easy. Like, but you know what? Isn't that true about anything? Mm-hmm. Anything worthy, anything good, is not easy. If yeah. the great things were easy, it wouldn't. It just doesn't work that way. Right. So, anyway, so we're we're gonna dive you don't in. Get here. the fruit without actually working hard to plant something. Yeah. Now we recognize God has a unique plan for every family, yeah. uh, family size, and all those things. That's mm-hmm. for um, That's spouses you and God. to work yeah. on, and between you and God. And you know, we're not the kind of people that believe everything has to look like how we, our how family or something like us, that, yeah. how it's worked out for us. In fact, we never set out to have a big family. We do know how that happens. Yes. Um, <laughs> but we didn't, what I mean by that is, you know, that's a whole nother story, but uh, we don't come from big families and really, you know, I got mm-hmm. used to being around kids when I had my own. So meaning that our first, the, who was the first baby you ever held? Yeah, so... It was our baby, right? And so, you know, for Isaac and I, this life that we are living is truly for us an example of what surrendering to God, a process of surrendering to God looks like in our life. Um, Because it wasn't 
how it looks is not how we ever dreamed it would look. It's far better. Um, and that all the credit and glory goes to the Lord alone on that one. Amen. So we have two really important tips for you. And one of them has to do with practical knowledge around having a baby in the house. And so I think everybody will find it interesting, though, as we share through this. We definitely appreciate you guys being along the journey with us. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you've been around a while or from the beginning, we sure appreciate your support. CourageousParenting.com has got all the goods. And uh, there's an app, Be Courageous. It's $8.99 a month, and it's well worth it. Over 600 biblically-minded Christians, parents mostly, um, who are... Iron sharpens iron, encouraging, spurring right. each other on. There's a kids podcast mm-hmm. and lots of great stuff there. But and it supports the ministry and obviously courses at courageousparenting.com and so forth. But let's dive in. So we have a scripture that we want to share with you guys in Psalm 128, verse 3. It says, Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house, and your children will be like olive shoots around your table. I love that. <laughs> Big old table, like olive shoots. And uh it's great. I mean I love having family meetings because we all come together and we're all sitting around the we're table. We're all sitting around the table like yeah. olive shoes. It's fruitful. It's, it's like we're all talking to it. It is our most fruitful on. time in our family for sure. And I know that we get a lot of people asking questions about how we do our family time. You've done we've done a podcast on that and we teach more in depth on family discipleship in the parenting mentor program in the session that's labeled discipleship. Um so if you're interested in that just go to courageousparenting.com. But when we have these meetings, our younger kids have all grown up being a part of them. So having a baby in the house, Xander, yes, he's at the meeting with us. He's either sitting on my lap, very rarely is he sitting on someone else's lap. Usually he's on mine. Um, or now he's in the high chair with us as well. A lot of times we'll be eating breakfast. Um, here's a little tip for if you're doing family meeting time with littles, if you feed them while you're doing the meeting time, they're going to be more quiet mm-hmm. actually, which makes it easier for mom and dad to teach. And so that's something that we start with our kids from a young age. And so they're really used to it because it's all they've ever known. It's not really a struggle. Um, that's just a common question that we get a lot of the time. And, and I think that we probably wouldn't get asked that question if it wasn't for the fact that we had little kids in the home still. Yeah, absolutely. Because people see it and they ask. They're yeah. like, they sit at the ta- they're at the meeting time. And do you ever teach? Here's a question for you, Isaac. When you have little kids, toddlers and babies, or even like four or five year olds, do you bop around certain scriptures that are more intense? I don't, um, but definitely kids are selective. Young kids are selectively listening, anyways, in and out. And if they don't understand a word. Um, uh, I will purposely not make it more clear to them and the older kids will know what it means. Or if I do want it to be clear, I'll then define it more. Right. And so you can kind of, you can definitely always go through scripture, but mm-hmm. you can accentuate certain things and make sure everybody knows it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the little kids don't catch on to it and that's good. In fact, because mm-hmm. maybe they're not quite ready for that, but definitely I try to keep it age appropriate, but at the same time, making sure the olders don't miss anything. And I just think God gave us the Bible. 
we're not going to skip anything. We went through the entire book of Romans, for example, yeah. if that tells you something. Yeah. So right. just read uh, the first two chapters. You'll know what he's referring so to. So we went through everything in Romans and lots of books. Uh, we've mm-hmm. made it halfway through Revelations. We're halfway through Acts right now. I took a break from Revelations because if you just nonstop go through Revelations, it can be heavy. it's just a little heavy. So for we're on a little kids, break yep. on that in Acts and then we'll go back to Revelations. Yeah. So that's kind of on that. But having a baby in our 40s, um, it definitely our first main point for you is we definitely have more wisdom. So that's a plus about having kids, but we have way less energy. I mean, imagine that comparatively speaking to having babies in our 20s. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's a given. For sure, that's a given. I would say Um, one of the things that's been good for me is I'm definitely more focused on kids than I was when I was younger. That's true. I'm definitely around more, which is a huge benefit. Um, But it's still the challenge. There's still the challenge of selfishness. And it's, uh, it's a hard one to beat. And I would say I'm more selfless than when I was younger. But I would say that's still an area sometimes I have to work on. Now, one of the things that's interesting, too, is babies tend to love Angie more than me. Well, I think that when you are breastfeeding, when you're nursing a baby, obviously there's certain things such as that, that dad can't provide, only mom can. And it is true that, you know, especially in the first year of life, babies need their mom more. They do. Um, And so for us, um, because I nurse... um, and I, I just think that that's par- partially why we have that um, happening. But I would say also, as far as being in my 40s goes, I'm, I have less energy, but I'm also um, at a place now where I'm, I'm more likely to ask for help than I was. I've been humbled a lot mm-hmm. over the years, especially regarding my physical strength and what I can actually do. And so I can't, um, whereas when I was in my 20s, I might just strap a baby on my back and go out and garden and they'd literally be like a koala bear on my back while I'm gardening on my hands and knees. I used to do that all the time mm-hmm. with Ethan and Luke and Drew and even Megan. Um and now it's like, uh, I'll put them in, in the front carrier, but then I oftentimes am directing people on how to plant things, or I have to put him in the stroller so that I can do it or have somebody else hold him so I can do it. And so um, just because all those years of being pregnant and I have arthritis in my back, I've just, I'm getting older and it's just more difficult. Um, and so I think that that has been humbling because I have to ask other people, mm-hmm. which has turned what I used to think was a motherhood boot camp in selfishness. It's turned it into a family boot camp in selflessness, if you will, because mm-hmm. um, I they have to stop doing what they're doing to help me so that I can do something that benefits the whole family, like making dinner. One thing that's good but can be also frustrating is the good part of it is a baby slows everything down. Yeah. That's actually really good because today things move so fast. And if we have the ability, we tend to fill the time. So what is good for our family, I think it's been really good that there's kind of always been a baby around. There was one little pocket of three or four years where there wasn't. But um, oh, right. In between Ethan and Solomon, we have almost six years. Six so, years. Yeah. So other than that, mm-hmm. there's been a baby around and it's been really healthy, really good 
getting people off of themselves and focused on the family and helping and these kinds of things. That's been really good. On the flip side of it is it can be frustrating sometimes. Right. Right. It can just be frustrating because we're trying to, you know, the deal. It just takes a a little longer. It just takes longer. And we have to pull over to feed the baby. And we just have to be a little less strict on our timetable of the day. We have to be flexible. And that's a blessing. That's a good thing, too, is learning that flexibility. flexibility. I would say that that's probably for my personality type, too, just one of the most sanctifying um, lessons that I've had to learn over and over again is how to let go of my my to-dos and be flexible for how the day goes. Not that I'm not structured. I'm extremely structured. And I think that that's one of the benefits too. When I look Mm -hmm. back at what some of the benefits are in having a baby in your, in your family for many years, it does structure your life on a certain level. Like as far as having certain nap times and eating meals at certain times of the day and having quiet time. And when you have little kids, you need to have those routines in place. And so having those routines in place brings a, a familiarity and a structure to your home, but it also brings you back home. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, while we try not to be super, super strict and never go do things during that time, because we do have older kids and the little kids sometimes have to be able to handle not having a nap, right? If there's something going on with the big kids and that's where there's a give and a take in a family. And I think that that's a good thing for kids to learn as much as it is for us. It's just been, it's been a very long boot camp in that sense of having babies for 22 years. And, um, I think that one of the things that I get asked a lot is this is really hard for me. Did you ever get past that? Did you ever get to a point where that didn't bother you anymore? I get that question a lot from moms. And you know what? No. And Mm -hmm. I hope that that's not discouraging to you. I actually hope that it's encouraging to you because I'm not perfect. Um, But there's always something that we can grow in. And as far as being patient and letting go of the things that maybe are on your schedule, what you want to get done, maybe I get half of them done. And then I have to reconcile that between me and God at the end of the day and give it to him and be okay with it. Otherwise, I can't sleep. And so Mm -hmm. I still have those things, you know, and it's, it's good to recognize the good that it has created in your life to reflect on that. Another positive is we have older kids that are helpful. So, you know, that's a, that's a great positive. So we have yeah. less energy, but there are more hands that's uh, true. willing yeah. to help and those kinds of things, which is great. You know, it's interesting. I just to kind of show where my selfishness used to be. Uh, I remember thinking we were going to have two kids and, and I had already kind of figured out how old I would be when we were empty nesters. And so I, I okay. you know, figured uh-huh. out that number. What would that number have been? That would have been, um, well, think about it. 18 years ago. We would be empty nesters now. We would be empty nesters right now at 46. Which makes sense because we're about to be grandparents. Yeah. And I'm so glad <laughs> God had different plans and I paid attention to those plans. Yeah. And just not my own selfishness. Um, cause that, in my case, that would have been the case. And, uh, now we're going to be 64 as it looks right now. I'll be 64. Well, if they move, if Xander moves out when he's 18, you'll be 64. Yeah. So anyways, but now God has just done a work in me and I'm like, okay, who cares? I just have to stay healthy. So I'm around. Right. And, and not just healthy. So you're around, but healthy so that we can be active with them. And, and I think that, you know, our kids have actually 
kept us going. Like I think sometimes um, people think about all of the negative things that come with, you know, oh, when you're pregnant and oh, the stretch marks and oh, the pains and oh, Mm -hmm. oh, oh, oh. And they think of it as if it's an ailment, but it's not an ailment. Um, It's a thing that God designed, a beautiful thing that God designed Mm -hmm. our bodies to be able to do. And if we are still able to be doing that, even in our older age, that should remind us of our youth, actually, the fact that we can still procreate, that there's something still working right in our body in that in that regard and to rejoice in that and, and, and to see that I do think too, at the same time, um, people don't often advertise the benefits that come from having a lot of kids. I mean, I'm really thankful that when I go out with my kids, people are confused. Like if I go out with Kelsey and Megan and Xander, people think I'm the grandma. But then they also like look at me confused when they see them and then they go, wait, are you guys sisters? Like they're completely confused. And I love that because I don't know if you knew this, but a lot of the anti-aging creams out there have progesterone in them. And And where does that come from? And that hormone is actually (laughs) released in women when they're pregnant. And so I joke around with people that, you know, having a lot of pregnancies, it's like I've I've been on my own anti-aging journey just internally for a long time. And I'm starting to get some gray hairs now and some wrinkles, but I, I actually love them. Yeah. I love getting older. We love getting older and we love our kids and we love having a large family. Mm-hmm. And God had to do a work in us incrementally. Yeah. One year at a time. And that's kind of our approach to it. You know, it's interesting. When I start feeling sorry for myself about like, things that are easy to take for granted. So I'm just going to talk about nursing for a brief second. So guys who are like listening, this is not a big deal to you, I hope. Um, But I've been nursing for over 12 years of my life. That's a long time to be feeding a baby. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, like if you think about the selflessness that comes with that, that's been a journey that I have been on every time, whether it's the beginnings of when you are going through that postpartum period and you're trying to teach your baby how to nurse and you're trying to figure it out with them, the pains that come with engorgement and all of that stuff. But then there's also this element of like, We've had the last two babies that we've had had a struggle with nursing the first five or six weeks of their life. And with Eli, it took three months to get him back to EBF, which is exclusively breastfeeding. With Xander, it was seven weeks, um, six, seven weeks. And so we've definitely experienced that. And now my perspective is that I'm so thankful because I've I've walked through the hardship of it. So now that it's like easier, I'm, I don't take it for granted like I used to. Um, and it's the same thing goes for like mastitis. There were many years where I struggled with getting mastitis chronically, like even with fifth, our fifth baby at the time I was Luke. Mm-hmm. I remember getting it almost every week for 40 weeks. And, um, after our second child, I had found out that I was allergic to the antibiotics. Thankfully, I'm so glad that I was because that's what pushed me to start getting, um, alternative medicine help from naturopathic doctors and learning how to heal naturally from that. And, um, but all this to say, like, it's been a sanctifying journey having to sit down all those hours. If you think about all of the hours in 12 years of your life that you sit nursing, bonding with children, loving them in that way. Um, and it's easy in the midst of those years to have lots of moments where you don't want to do it. You want to get up and you want to get your laundry done and you want to go out to coffee with a friend and you want to just, 
you don't want to necessarily have people hanging on you or, or, um, like all the time, right? Because you're constantly got people hanging on you and that young, like that, I say young motherhood, but I'm not young. It's more like it's just mommyhood, whatever age you are in mommyhood, when your kids are little and they call you mommy, it can be hard at times to, to not want a break at times or to look at your life and go, I want to do more than this. But I just have to say, like, in the moments when you struggle with those things that come easiest, if you really embrace them and you think about it, those are the times that remind you to be thankful when you're not in the struggle. And I think that that's a wisdom that I've learned Mm -hmm. just even in these last two babies regarding nursing. Um, In addition to being very humbled, um, I had helped so many women as a doula and postpartum with lactation stuff. And here I was struggling. That was very humbling for me. And at the same time, it was a journey to be able to learn new tricks of the trade, if you will, to where I could help even more moms. I think it's it's some people might find it interesting because sometimes when you see somebody do something, you think things are easier for them or they're more naturally gifted at something or you know, there's just something different. And I just want to, well, some of that might be true. I don't know. But one thing that I do know is that nursing has not been easy for Angie and all the kids had different situations. Right. Um, we, it had has many, it, we had many tongue ties, many, but, m- many things yeah. and it's been good and you've done it the whole time, yep. but also pregnancy has not been easy. No, I've had HG, which is like oftentimes vomiting, you know, between four and 16 times a day to where I had been on anti-nausea chemo meds in the past, even just trying to keep it down and and uh, IVs. We almost lost her uh, with a miscarriage. That was just uh, six years ago or something. And so we, you know, on our fourth child, she was in bed rest for months, um, yeah, you there's, know, there's, there's been, been lots of different... It, it hasn't been easy, but we've just been trusting the Lord mm-hmm. each step of the way, and uh, he's given us uh, another child, one at a time. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, we always joke whenever I get pregnant, wonder if we get two two kids for the effort this time. <laughs> but nope, we've had one one child per pregnancy. So I've been pregnant 11 times. And you know, the miscarriages also, they give you a different perspective on when you're sick, when you are pregnant, or at least for me, they did to where I used to be like dreading the morning sickness. And then the first time that I lost a baby, it was when I wasn't, I wasn't experiencing that sickness. And that was because my hormones were not, um, high enough to actually create the nausea and the morning sickness in the same kind of way. And so now when I am sick, I have found myself being thankful even for the sickness, which I never had the first um, seven kids. I was not thankful. Something just popped in my head. I remember this feeling vividly of a lot of pressure on me to protect my wife and not have more kids on that fourth child. And I just remember um, it was really felt like negative yeah. Negative pressure. Was the sixth? Yeah, it was Ethan. So it really felt like negative pressure. And I felt like God was prompting us to be open to having another kid. Um, and so sometimes you have to wrestle with what is other people's flesh projected at you. 
And what is the spirit prompting you to do? Right. And then what is prudent sometimes to protect your wife? Because mm-hmm. that is our job too, to protect our wives. And it's that's a hard thing to navigate. So I feel for you if, if you've ever had to navigate that because it's very difficult. But we've definitely learned and we've grown stronger in the Lord through all of those things for sure. And I, I believe that having older children who have walked through those things with us has matured them. Um, we did a podcast, I think it was last week or a few weeks ago, when we talked about how to help your children spiritually mature, right? To grow in maturity. Mm -hmm. And I think that one of the things that we didn't really talk a lot about, but is very relevant to this topic today is that our kids actually learn as they are watching us parent little kids. And so that's something that I'm always thinking about and I get convicted about it too. I usually think about it when I'm messing up. Actually, Mm. it's usually when I like am at my wits end and I'm tired and I've got a toddler crying and a six year old that's sick and a baby that needs to nurse. And I'm overwhelmed in that moment. And I think to myself, my 17 year old daughter's watching me and I just lost lost my cool or whatever it is, you know, and that is a good accountability. I've often shared on different um, platforms that, you know, for me, learning that your babies can hear everything when they're in your womb was like the first time that I really experienced having a little accountability partner with me 24 mm-hmm. seven. And I became very aware, like, oh, they can hear me. That means I want to play worship music and I want to be leading them in worship. And I want to be careful with my words and careful with how I speak to my husband and careful how I speak to other people. And, and it was like this accountability partner. But then you fast forward many years and you have that on top of having little ears listening, middle ears listening, older ears listening and, and eyes watching and also going, okay, knowing that they're learning yeah, and how to parent by how we do it. So true. And so there, there's this element of like accountability that wasn't there when we, when our older kids were the littles, Yeah, you know what I mean? Whereas now it's like all the time. That is a difference. There's ultimate accountability because they're going to learn more from watching us than anything. Psalm 127.3 and on says, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the children of one's youth. Blessed is the man who fills his quiver with them. He shall not be put to shame when he speaks with his enemies in the gate. And I was thinking about even the end of that scripture there is, I've already seen, you know, our kids help us with our enemies. I've already experienced this many times. We've experienced this many times from their prayers, praying for hard situations, attacks against us, attacks against the ministry. Um, We've seen speaking truth into our life when we have struggled with wanting to continue on speaking truth to even publicly proclaiming the truth in defense of us or the ministry. And so I just think that, um, I've, we've already experienced this and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's it's really a neat thing. I don't think that everybody should just have as many kids as they can in, as a blanket statement. Right. That's And that scripture can sometimes be used that way. Mm-hmm. That's not why we shared it. I just think it's a beautiful scripture and we've experienced it to be true in our lives. Um, we do believe that children are a blessing and so we receive them as mm-hmm. a blessing and we've been very open and yeah. trusting God to do that. And, um, you know, it's been a good journey for us. Yeah. Well, it's been, um, when you say good, I, I think of just the, the journey of 
all the good that's come out of it, even the hard things. Mm -hmm. Because we've shared um, multiple times, like in Redeeming Childbirth, I had my first six um, pregnancies and birth testimonies in that book alone. And and I share a lot of the hard stuff, right? Like when we were on bed rest and just the different things that people had said to us over the years. Um, I don't know if you knew this, but quite a few times actually doctors had tried to convince us to abort our babies, mm-hmm. certain babies. Um, Austin, for example, I had an emergency appendectomy when um, I was pregnant with him, but they didn't know I was pregnant. I didn't know I was pregnant. They did a blood test and that the um, egg had not actually attached the membrane yet, so they couldn't detect it in the bloodstream. And so when they found out I was pregnant, they were like, oh, you have to terminate pregnancy. This baby's going to have all kinds of problems because you had had this massive surgery. And of course, we were not going to do that. And now look at him. He's married and amazing young man of God. Yeah. And and so like that, that story alone, which is actually kind of a lengthy story, um, I saw multiple times where the devil was out to steal, kill, and destroy, where he did not want him alive. But God had a different plan, and it was a matter of us listening to God's plan for his life. And then I even think again with Luke and my back and Ethan with my back. Those were two more pregnancies that where the doctors encouraged us to terminate pregnancy one time because they I was they thought I was paralyzed and needed emergency back surgery, and I was 11 weeks along. And of course, again, no, we're not doing that. And we experienced God's hand of mercy upon my body and, and actually a modern-day miracle where I was able to walk again. And it was baffling to the doctors in a good way where they literally were dumbfounded. And I, so I, I, when you experience God and his sovereignty over your life and your kids' lives in these different ways, your faith is challenged mm-hmm. and then it grows. But it's challenged first. And that gives birth to an opportunity for God to be glorified. And without that opportunity... Life is just kind of in the hanging bounce, right? And so we've chosen through all of the hard things to look for ways to glorify God. And I, I believe that's one reason why he's entrusted so many children to us. But Yeah, our purpose is to glorify the Father with our lives. Our purpose is to, to do that. It's not to live for all the things that are self-wants, right? What I mean by that is we can conjure up a perfect picture of what we want in our own strength. But really mm-hmm. the question is, what does God want? And that has been our journey of surrendering ourselves and what does God want for us? And what he has given us is different than what we imagined actually. And we never better. set out and it has been better. That's right. And I would say that like as far as the um, you know, when I think then about having imagined. yeah, when I think about having babies in our forties, one of the things that is so different is that I do actually understand from a firsthand experience how fast the years go by because I do have a daughter that's almost twenty-two. I do have and and my first two kids are both out of the home already and have their lives um that they're pursuing and living and they're doing a great job and so like when you get to that place and you've literally lived that and then you have another baby you know how fast the years goes people say that all the time 
but like I know it because I've lived it. Mm -hmm. And so that day-to-day knowing helps me to actually enjoy the silly, fun little moments even more with Xander. And so I feel like with this baby, I'm in less of a rush. Mm. I think that that would be like the last thing. If there was one main thing, I've always struggled with wanting to be in the season ahead of where I am. Um, I'll give you an example. I've, I used to call myself an aspiring Titus II woman because I desired to be used by God to teach the things that he had been teaching me. But I was also tempted to do that too soon. And I knew it was too soon. I was a mom of one little kid and I was asked to run a, a mom's ministry at a ma- big mega church and I took it on and and then I was too involved in other things and it was too much for my family. And so I made a choice and I chose to step away from those things for that season so that I could raise my kids to love the Lord so that I could do it well, put all my energy into it so that I would be qualified and Instead of disqualified later, I just, I had this gut feeling. I'd seen it too many times in ministry where people would be all gung-ho about serving God when they're young and then they wear their families out and then their kids don't want to walk with Jesus and then they're disqualified from ministry. And I didn't want that. So I stepped back, but that's just one example of how I was like yearning for the next season far before Mm -hmm. I was there. Well, now I am there. I, I would say I definitely am qualified to be a Titus II woman. I'm going to be a grandparent. If not now, when would you be qualified to be a Titus II, right? Um, I've got older children who love the Lord by qualification of eldership. We are in that season, right? Um, but at the same time, I'm still, I still have the babies. And so for me, I'm, I'm very careful to protect because I know that in protecting what I need to do in this season of my life while I still have my littles at home, God will bless it. Um, but at the same time, I also see now that I'm in a season where he said he's given me permission to teach. Yeah. Any final tips on having a baby? Just rapid fire. Oh, man. I would say for sure this is a a team effort having conversations before your baby is born with your spouse about how, you know, God used both of you to, to make this baby. Right. And, um, he wants both of you to be actively involved in raising this child from the time they are a baby and finding ways where you can team together. Because I know that as we've gotten older, I've needed Isaac's help more, which has been probably a challenge for him on the selfishness, selflessness side of things. Balancing provision. Right. Yep. Um, but it's been good for us Yes. actually. And it's been good for his relationship with the babies as well. And so I, I just think that there's an element there where you can be God glorifying in having your biblical gender roles while you're also still teaming together as a parenting team, even in those little years. Amen. Well, we hope this was helpful. Little different style of an episode. That's right. But, uh, Just I letting it. you have a little insight into our life. All right. We'll see you next see time. See you next week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. 
Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.